Ho, ho, ho. Oh, shish. Christmas is over. <laughs> We've done that now. <laughs> all that stress, all that planning and preparation and wrapping up, and it's done in 24 hours. It is. It's all gone. Welcome to the Captain's Table. So how was your Christmas, Michael? Yeah, it's really good. Thanks, Roz. I was at my nephew's and that was great fun with uh, John Treza and we had a nice couple of days um, rest basically a few drinks lots of food and perfect way to spend Christmas how about yourself oh it was uh, busy busy our Christmases are always busy because um, Phoebe and I both have such large families so it was a lot of bouncing about from place to place but actually we hosted uh, the Christmas dinner and that all went very well and um, was I'm glad it's over because it was <laughs> it was stressful <laughs> to have to cook for 10 people um, and do the sort of big special Christmas dinner but it, it went fine and it was loads of fun and everybody really enjoyed it so and um, yeah I love the Christmas just always like spending time with my family so Oh. Can't, can't complain oh that's great and and we're nearly at new year we're we're nearly at 2015 i know i can't believe where has this year gone 2014 it's like blink and you miss it it's well yeah or don't blink as the case might be though <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true the year's gone so fast it's it's unbelievable and from a trek point of view 2015 means we're less than you know just over a year away from the 50th anniversary so had to get that in there so. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. And uh, so much coming up in 2015 in the the world of Trek, but uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that in the new year. And at the moment, what we're going to do is look back at 2014. We are. It's a bit of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey as we, <laughs> as, as we go back and, and look at our year on the captain's table in 2014. And I say a year, Roz, but really... You and I started all the way back in um, March. Yeah, so not quite a full year. And, and and I remember when I was preparing for the show, and for the listeners, normally Roz and I spend hours preparing for each show. We, we put ideas together. We send emails backwards and forwards. And we agreed for the sit, this evening's show that literally we were just going to have a very basic outline and we're just going to have a conversation. So I had some rough notes. But it's not until you write everything down that you've done over the course of the year that it, you just realise how much you have actually worked on this year. And I, I couldn't believe when you wrote down the list of all the interviews that we've done this year, how many amazing authors we've actually had the privilege to speak to. And I think that for a show that only began uh, this year properly, on uh, visionary trek that the number of people that we've actually spoke to and interviewed is is amazing like i would never have believed it when i first joined the show that i would have spoken to people like um james swallow jeff lang christian byer and mccormack and so many others it's just been I mean, fantastic oh it has it it's just been absolutely wonderful and for the listeners, it, it, as we say, it all began in March when, when I convinced you to come on the show. And, and that's because I, I, I had started following you on Twitter and I heard you on 10 Forward on the Trackmeet Network. And I thought to myself, wow, Roz really knows her book book stuff. And I need, <laughs> I need to have a conversation and I need to hopefully get you on the captain's table. So... We had a go, didn't we? We had a conversation and we, and we decided um, we were going to... What did we do? Hold on, I can't remember now. Um, I, came, I came on as a guest for um, for the first review. I think it was The Buried Age. Was it actually The Buried Age we did it for? Oh, it was. Okay, yeah. So. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. I remember what I did. I remember what I did. I came on to Visionary Trek, the main show, and I did a bit on... Uh, 
um, show about Picard. Oh, because you were doing captains, and I came on. God, that's it, listeners. It's only been nine months, but it's it's been such a jam packed nine months. I can't even remember how it started. It, it was the, I came on to do a guest spot on one of the shows about Captain Picard, and then you approached me about doing a show about the books. And after the first show, you offered me a, a spot as co-host. That's right. That's right. And because I actually said to you, um, what books have you read? And you sent me a spreadsheet with with all the books you'd read. And you suggested The Buried, buried Age. And I, and I hadn't read that before. And, that, and that's part of The Lost Era. So that was really, really interesting. And yeah, everything began from there. But what the listeners don't know, Roz, is the fact that we actually recorded two shows about the buried age. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did indeed. We we actually recorded the first show and it was almost six months long. <laughs> we were going, you know, we, we went chapter by chapter looking at the book and we, afterwards we had to stop because uh, we both had things to do and we went away and we both thought about things and thought no that didn't work and we need to look at this from a different um, point of view and, and Roz came back and suggested some ideas and we recorded it again and that's the show you actually listened to and that's when things started to click wasn't it Roz? It was. It was just a case of um, of we were starting fresh. I had just joined the show, and you were just kind of kicking off the the captain's table proper. And we just decided that it hadn't worked first time round when we listened back to it. And rather than put out something that we felt was subpar and wasn't as interesting to listen to, we would rather just start from scratch. So we went back to the drawing board. We worked up a a um, a structure for the how we would review the books, what sort of issues and topics we would look at, and then we would base our reviews on those. and And that's the structure that you've been listening to ever since, because it we found that it worked and it it made the show a lot more interesting. And it flowed better, and it, we're we're still tweaking it as we go along, but I think it works, don't you? Yeah, well, I think so, and I think what we're aiming to do is to make it more of a conversation rather than a question and answer session and I think we're slowly getting that way and I think that's the more and more you and I record the more and more that rapport's there I think and and hopefully the listeners can see not just um, the reviews improving but the way um, we, we are working together isn't it how that becomes second nature yeah well, I think that you and I work together quite well but given the restrictions of being in different parts of well being in different countries or being in different parts of the UK and doing this over Skype in our spare time it just it's it's taking time but it's an evolution and we're not professionals you know I know that people like to come and listen to various different podcasts and and some of them are high quality and some of them are not so quality and great quality and we're probably hopefully somewhere in the middle and edging our way up but we're you know we're not professionals professionals at this by any means we we do this in our spare time because we enjoy doing it and we hope you enjoy listening to it but um we're just muddling our way through trying to trying to work it out as we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no it, it was a a great beginning i think and i, and I think it was a, a good decision to n- not release that first show and, and and start again i think that was definitely the way forward yeah and definitely. and, it, and it, it just sort of spanned from there wasn't it but as you say um we actually interviewed so many people this year. In fact, for the listeners, and this is not about us bragging, it's just about us letting you know the people we've spoken to. And if you haven't heard these interviews, please go back and have a listen because there's some really interesting conversations out there. We've actually spoke to Jeff Lang, Mark Cushman, Margaret Clark, Greg Cox, John Jackson Miller, Andy Mangles, James Swallow, Michael Jan Freeman, Scott Pearson, Kirsten Beyer, and Una McCormack. What a list. I know. <laughs> and, and just thinking back to all of them, I mean, I wasn't on every single uh, interview, unfortunately, just due to moving house and stuff this year. But uh, just thinking back to the interviews that I was part of, it's it, it, they were so fascinating. And I can't wait to get them back on the show um, so that we can delve into other stories that they've written, other... Um, 
tales of how they got started in the business. It's just such a, a joy to be able to talk to them and, and meet the people behind all these fantastic novels and novellas and comics that we've been reading. Out of all those interviews, Roz, did any really stand out for you and or any moments from any of them that really... Um, I think the, probably the, the James Swallow, Una McCormack and Kirsten Beyer interviews really stood out for me. Um, just because they were probably the, the authors that I knew best um, before I went into it. So I already was a bit of a fangirl. <laughs> um, I've now read a lot more of the other authors' works as well, and, and they're all fantastic as well. But uh, but those three were really kind of special for me because I was already a fan of their work, and I really was excited to meet them when I heard, it, heard that they were going to be on the show. I have to say, for, for me, Margaret Clark was just amazing. That was an incredible interview because we we had spent so long trying to get hold of Margaret and for her to come on. And for those who, who didn't listen to the Margaret Clark interview, Margaret is actually the editor of the ongoing Star Trek um, titles at Simon & Schuster. And it was just such a fun interview. And she completely surprised us. She was so bubbly and so passionate about the books. <laughs> yeah. No, she, she's fantastic. Mad as a bag of cats, but absolutely fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> In the best possible way, Margaret. And I'm just, I think that um, a few of the other um, authors that we've interviewed have said similar things. Um, that just such a fantastic personality. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you again, Margaret. <laughs> we are, we are. And um, Kirsten Beyer was, was an incredible interview, just for the fact that, one, we recorded this together we were actually in glasgow and we had just been to collectomania and we recorded this together so that was great fun i really enjoyed that and yeah. it just just kirsten again um she completely threw us when she turned around and couldn't stop praising our review of full circle uh, we were gobsmacked and it took us a, a couple of minutes to recover from that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a, there was um, a lot of sort of blushing and, and gushing going on at our end and we were really taken aback by that. That was a special moment. But I, I remember that interview as well um, because it was really entertaining because Kirsten had taken her laptop outside because it was the quietest place she could, she could go because I think she had the kids in the house. And... Um, she lives under a flight path so like every 10 minutes a plane would go overhead and we'd have to stop record well, stop um, interviewing wait for the plane to go overhead and then pick up again <laughs> so was, like, editing that one was a lot of fun it had these massive sections every 10 minutes that you had to cut out while you waited for a plane to fly overhead <laughs> See, oh. these are all the behind-the-scenes things that the listeners don't ever get because we edit them out, but there's so much that goes on in the background <laughs> when we're recording podcasts. That was so funny. It was, yeah, I'll tell you once the plane's gone over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, Kirsten, Kirsten was amazing to talk to. And again, we can't wait to speak to her again because we, we've only reviewed two of the Voyager books so far. We've got so many more to go through. So I can imagine there's going to be some really great conversations to come about the rest of those books. So, yeah, I, I've, I think we've had a great list of authors on this year. But as you say, James Swallow was amazing and, and Una was too. And one of the highlights of the year was, was that we again caught up at DSTL, but we actually met James and Una. We did, and that was such a delight. They're, they're really lovely people. I mean, they were lovely when they were on the show with us, but in person, they just gave us so much of their time. They were so friendly. Um, they were so appreciative of the fact that we enjoyed their work and that we had wanted to meet them and interview them and spend time with them. So it was just it was just lovely. And again, I can't wait for them to come back on the show and talk to us about their, their upcoming projects. And I think it was amazing because at some point during that Saturday, James, um, James and Una together expressed their appreciation for um, our interviews, our support, and and the captain's table. And I don't know about you, I had the lump. I had a lump in the throat. I was like, 
I should be thanking you for writing this wonderful Star <laughs> Trek stories, but yet here you are thanking us, and and it was like, well, you know, it's like wow. So that was a very special moment that uh, you know I, I'm going to cherish for a very long time. Yeah, and it was great to hear them speak at DSTL as well, because um, although we asked them a lot of questions when they were on the show with us, um, you know, there's always questions that you haven't thought of or that didn't occur to you or that you didn't have time for. So it was nice to um, be a part of the audience for that talk and, and get to ask them a few more questions, but also get to listen to other people's questions and, and their answers to those, because um, there's some really interesting ones that got thrown out at that, that talk. No, it was, it was, and and it was great to see the actual talk quite full. There was there were a lot of people there interested in the books, and they wanted to hear what James and Una had to say, and and it was really fascinating. It it was a good talk, and uh, you won a book, of course. It is, it is, <laughs> which is now signed and uh, sitting in my book collection. <laughs> which one was that? That was that, that was, was Crimson Shadow. That was Crimson Shadow. Oh, that's um, brilliant. That I won, and then you know was kind enough to sign it for me. Yay! <laughs> and then and then I had to buy one of uh, James's, obviously, so that he could sign it. You know, I couldn't. It would have been rude to leave without a signed copy from <laughs> from James. <laughs> and as as we've already said before. Um, Roz was very restrained. Roz just had one book from James, one book from Una. Oh, no, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to bring a second suitcase. (laughs) I think I I had... I think I had four signed from each of them. <laughs> and, and then just as they were leaving, I decided to buy another one of James's books and, and, I, and I had to get James to sign it before he left. <laughs> Her guys all had carpal tunnel by the time they left that day. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. So, no, that that was a really special weekend, especially meeting meeting the guys. And, and just going back to the rest of the authors, um, Ros and I really want to thank each and every one of the authors for coming on the captain's table we appreciate the time they gave us we appreciate the enthusiasm they showed when when talking to us and and um listening to our geeky questions and and we had a great time and we really appreciate each and every one of them yeah and also their enthusiasm for being on the show i mean there's a lot of the authors or all of the authors were um, really kind in being supportive of the captain's table and in you know enjoying the questions that we were asking them and and you know letting us giving us some feedback on their time here so that we can then um, you know continue doing what we were doing right and tweak anything that wasn't as great so it's it's been a fantastic year for that yeah definitely now as well as interviewing all these wonderful authors Roz we also reviewed four full-length novels and three novellas since March as well. We did, which was a lot of reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've done a lot of reading this year. <laughs> we have. I, I actually can't remember the last non-Star Trek book I read. The only one that I've managed this year was an audiobook because I could listen to it while I was doing stuff because I have not had time to sit and read another book that isn't a Star Trek book. Because although it's those are the ones that we have reviewed, those aren't the only ones that we've read because we have had to read books for the interviews that we've done um, so that we can talk intelligently about the what the authors have written. So, yeah. so listeners, although those are only the ones that we've reviewed so far, those are not the only books that we've had to read this year for the show. <laughs> we, we, I think we would certainly get an A plus for our homework this year. so for the listeners we we actually reviewed buried age we've reviewed the voyager stories full circle and unworthy we've also looked at titan which was synthesis and we looked at three novellas which was the more things change seasons of light and darkness and ros's favorite absent Uh. enemies (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
outrageous, Rose. Outrageous, yes. <laughs> if you don't understand that reference, listeners, you have to go and listen to the last show where we reviewed the novellas. I was not the biggest fan of Absent Enemies. Um, that was the only book this year that Michael and I have disagreed on because he enjoyed it and I did not. So um, you maybe want to go and read it and make up your own minds. <laughs> and, and, and you get to hear Aquaman. I mean, sorry, Captain Riker. Admiral Riker, in fact. <laughs> That's true, that's true. Admiral so, Riker. Admiral Riker, so no. So, some great books there. And I, I think one, one of the best books out of those ones we reviewed was Buried Age. I loved that book. Yes, I, I've read that twice now. That is just such a good book. Um, it's such great character development for Picard. And it's a really interesting and sort of adventure-driven story to boot. Plus, it ties in really well with a lot of the um the the card history and um episodes that we've that were established in the next generation tv shows so yeah it's it's got a bit of everything i I think that's a great a great book no definitely and of course as well as four length novels um we've looked at there were the three novellas as we mentioned and novellas are becoming more and more popular yeah, well, they're a good sort of um, taster for a lot of people because they're a lot easier to digest being only about 100 pages long. Um, so much, much less time consuming than a full length novel. Um, but and also they give the, the opportunity to get a very condensed story that's very character driven. Um, so, yeah, I think they're, they're a great medium. I, I think that full length novels still will always have their place, but it's good to see the rise of the novella in the Star Trek um, genre. So hopefully we'll, 2015 will bring more of those. And there's no excuse now, listeners. We expect you to read Star Trek books because the novellas are perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Tills. <laughs> <laughs> so, Roz, we, we, we've spoken about how we came together on the show and we've spoken about the great authors we've spoke to, some of the books we've reviewed. Now, we came up with some awards because I thought it would be interesting for us to compare our favourite stories. And uh, so we've come up with some awards. We've come up with best novella of the year, best full length story of the year, best author of the year and best character within the books this year. And we've also got one for um, best Trek story read this year, but hasn't been published this year because some of the books we've read this year weren't published in 2014 because we're going back in the archives. So the first few awards were for, for all books published in 2014 and we've got one for anything except 2014. So Roz, let's begin with best novella of the year. What was your best short story or novella for 2014? For me, it was The More Things Change by Scott Pearson. I, of all three novellas that we read, this was the one that really stood out for me because I just thought it had a bit of everything. It was very character driven. Um, it was all set in the shuttlecraft with just the three um, characters. It was mainly based around Christine Chapel um, and sort of her experiences and her thoughts but I really enjoyed the relationship between her and Spock um, I liked that we had Audra Dax in there and it, there was also a bit of um, tension and adventure because they were out running this um, this attacker and we didn't find out until the last minute who that was and were they going to be boarded were they going to get away were they going to be blown out of the sky it was it was yeah it was excellent so I, I really enjoyed that that, that, for me, was the best novella of 2014. Now, listeners, I have to say, before I tell you what my one was, Roz and I have not compared notes on this. This is the first time we're hearing, we're hearing each other's um, choices. And my best novella of 2014 is also The More Things Change. Because oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Because I absolutely love this story for all the reasons that Roz has said it's a perfect novella it's a great story great character story for Christine and as I mentioned in in our review of of this one I love stories set between Star Trek the motion picture and the Wrath of Khan so this ticks all the boxes for me it's a brilliant story fantastic so that's brilliant that you know we had the same one there so congratulations Scott Pearson 
Yes. <laughs> and we hope that you'll come back on the show again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Roz, the next one might not be so easy because I'll be honest, I've been struggling with this for weeks. Once we had decided we were going to have um, some awards and we had to choose our favourite books of the year, I've been panicking over this. And this is the best full-length story published in 2014. Yeah, I had real issues with this as well because I kept thinking of all the fantastic books that I read this year. But as you said, because we were going back in the archives, hardly any of them were actually published in 2014. So I had to basically go through a list of all the ones that were published in 2014, see which ones I had read and then pick from that. Um, so it sort of narrowed the pool a bit because the overall best track stories that I read this year it's just so difficult to pick one. Um, but I did pick, and um, I can reveal that my best full-length track story published in 2014 that I read was Peaceable Kingdoms from the Fall series, written by Dayton Ward. Ooh, and why is that? I have to ask, because it is a wonderful story. It wraps up the fall <laughs> perfectly. Well, as I said, it was partly... And, and this is not to diminish the book at all, because I think that Dayton is a fantastic author. So for me, it was partly because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great book. The Fall is just a fantastic series. The storyline is brilliant. And this was a really great installment to that story. Um, it was partly um, dictated by... It was published in 2014. <laughs> and the, the list of books that have been published in 2014 that I have read was small, but this was definitely top of that list. Now, I, I loved Peaceful Kingdoms. It was it was a fantastic story. And I, I've read a couple more books than you this year. And yeah. um, I really, really struggled with this. And I'm actually going with Star Trek Disavowed by David <laughs> Mack. Um, that's my story of the year but it was such a close thing I have to say because we've had books from we've had two books from Kirsten Byer we, we've had um, Serpents in the Garden by Jeff Marriott which was a fantastic story we, we had No Time Like the Past with Greg Cox which was a fantastic and fun time travel story with Captain mm -hmm. Kirk and Seven and Nine I absolutely loved that story but there's just something about David Max writing when it comes to Julian Bashir and Section 31, it's just incredible. It's You're on the edge of your seat, and I really, really love this story. So so mine is disavowed. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't go wrong with it, David Mack, can you? Um, I, I, yeah, I think if, you, if you've got a David Mack or a Dayton Ward book in your hand, you know that you're in for a good story, so can't argue with that <laughs> no you can't and and we do have to say there's a little disclaimer here um listeners it's not really a disclaimer it's the fact that when we as we're recording this show we actually haven't read two more books that have come out this year and and one is a novella by chris l bennett and the other is a full-length novel by greg cox now apologies to those but we just simply ran out of time this year as you can imagine wibbly wobbly timey wimey especially at, <laughs> especially at christmas but those books will be included for next year's awards so no no worries there um and we can't wait to talk about those books with the authors very soon yes so Roz, this this could be the big one this is like the oscars <laughs> who who is your best author of the year who have you chosen my best author of the year no i i chose this author because even though I have not read in full the books that they published this year, I have read enough of their work to know that they will have been fantastic and that I would still have ended up picking this person. So the person that I have picked is Kirsten Byer, because although I am not fully up to speed on the Voyager books that were published in 2014, I do not believe that they will have been any less phenomenal than her previous books. And I love what she's continuing to do with that series. So for me, it was, it was good. Just had to be Kirsten. Hey, <laughs> congratulations, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come up and make your speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Now, 
my best author of the year, and again, this is based on on stories published this year, was really, really difficult. And and we've had so many different types of stories this year. We we we've had the the fun stories, we've had the political ones, we've had time travel, we we've had um, spy stories and and everything. So it's been really, really difficult for me, considering we're just looking at the books that from twenty fourteen. But I'm, I, I have made my choice and I'm actually going with Boom Boom Boom, Kirsten Beyer as well. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Double whammy. Double whammy because we've reviewed two of the older stories of the Voyager relaunch series, Unworthy and Full Circle, as we've mentioned. And when I went and, and reread those, I found new things in the book that I hadn't read before or perhaps didn't understand properly the first time either one really and it just amazed me how great she was and I appreciate those stories more but when I read the two books this year which was Protectors and Acts of Contrition it, it just made my mind up because where these stories are going where these characters are going I've never seen Harry Kim so well written in a story before I've I've never seen Janeway spoiler alert Janeway's back I've never seen Janeway like this before and there's a new whole appreciation for Janeway as if that I couldn't love Janeway even more but after reading these books I do so it has to be Kirsten Kirsten's done a fantastic job with Voyager so congratulations Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to insert applause there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or so, a little drum roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's fantastic. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I could have predicted that we would have both picked Kirsten, but now that we have, it seems kind of the obvious choice. And that's not to say that we don't love all the other authors, because I mean, I've got so many authors that I could just go on and on about, but. Um, yeah, I just I think we both seem to have that special appreciation for the work that Kirsten's doing with Voyager, and I don't know if that's just because because Voyager was the TV show that I just felt they just didn't do enough with the characters, and now it's just like an explosion of character development across the the new series. So I, I think that's probably what tipped it over the edge for me because. The other the other authors, although they're fantastic, they were already working with such rich characters, and I feel like Kirsten started off with a lot of very vanilla characters yeah. and has just made it amazing. <laughs> so. No, definitely, I have to agree. And and I, I know recently when I finished Disavowed, I went onto Facebook and and there was lots of public gushing for David Mack, and um, I think the whole world knows how much I love David Mack. But I think <laughs> I, I I think you're right. I think it's almost like Kirsten had one arm tied behind her back because of the way Voyager was left and, and the way the characters were underdeveloped and she's literally stripped it back to the basics and, and she started again and she's rebuilt every character and she's just done a fantastic job and, and the adventure just continues and it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's a fantastic series. Now, Here's, well, here, sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I haven't read Disavowed yet. Are there any Mac moments in it? Like, Mac! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there, there, there are a couple. And um, you certainly can't leave it. Um, you know, you, you have to finish the chapter. You know, like, even when I'm on the bus, when I was on the bus going to work each um, day and I was, I was reading the story, I... I I'd have to get off the bus for my stop for work. But then as soon as I get into work, I'd have to finish the chapter. I couldn't wait till lunchtime or, or that <laughs> evening. So, but no, there's some great Mac moments. And, and and I don't want to give it away, but at the, you know, like in James Bond films, at the end of the James Bond film, it says, James Bond will return. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of Disavowed, it actually says, Julia Bashir will return. <laughs> It is fantastic. Awesome. And it's awesome. like, you just want the Bond theme to start. It's just fantastic. So <laughs> there's some really wonderful moments in it. Alas, 60 billion people don't die in this novel. but um, um, And it's well, quite good. It's good for the 60 billion people that are still 
breathing and wondering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the alpha quadrant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's really good, and and you should go and check out Disavowed. It, it is wonderful, especially if you like Mirror Universe. And I'm giving nothing else away. But well done, Kirsten. We think you're fantastic. So, Roz, we, we were going to look at best characters or one of our favourite characters that we've read about this year. Yes, uh, best character award for me goes to William Raker because I think that he's had the biggest change this year. Um, it's began in 2013 with The Fall and it's continued on this year with the final book of the fall which was released in January and then through the novella which I wasn't particularly fond of but it still continued on his storyline anyway and I just think that he has had the biggest life changes and um, I really enjoy the way that his character is evolving so um, for me Riker, which is nice to see because I think that a lot of the I know that he's got his own series now with Titan but sort of before that and even in a lot of the um the sort of crossover series like um uh the fall and destiny and everything like that i, I felt that the the bias always still kind of falls towards picard because he was the captain for tng but it's nice to see that Riker is starting to get a bit more recognition as as a sort of you know high-flying captain in his own right so yeah i think that Riker is my my character of the season. Oh, there's so many to choose from, but he's the one that really stood out for me. No, Riker's had a great year. And um, surprisingly enough, Roz, for the third time in this show, (laughs) my favourite character is Admiral Riker. (laughs) Oh, man, we spend way too much time talking to each other. (laughs) We do. Again, for all the reasons you've said, um, his development has, has been amazing. And... What I would love, and for all the authors out there, copyright Michael Clark. Um, <laughs> I think it would be wonderful, instead of him being stuck in the Titan series, let's have Vel take command of Titan and let her go on her merry way. And let's give Riker another ship and he could appear in all the books. I would think that's brilliant as a floating admiral and you know you might see him here you might see him there and let titan go and do its long deep space mission that it's supposed to be doing and i I thought that would be really good or give him his own adventures or something like that i don't know there must be some way to do this doesn't turn into a bad moral yeah exactly we can't can't have him becoming a bad moral that would just be no exactly and and he's got to stop throwing chairs around in the ready room that's got to (laughs) stop that has to stop (laughs) That, that has to stop no more throwing chairs in the ready room, I'm afraid, Will. <laughs> You're an admiral now. Set an example. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I don't even get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> but no, his his development's fantastic. And I always remember when Kirk was promoted to admiral and it didn't suit him and it wasn't his best first destiny, as people like to say, and, and he needed to be in command of a starship. I think Riker's different Riker's the opposite I think he can thrive as an admiral I I, I think he can offer so much as an admiral and I really hope there's not a quick fix next year and something happens and he goes back to being a captain again I I just don't want that to happen I I think we need to see him in the role and let him develop because I think it'd be fantastic yeah and there's so much scope um, for the relationships that he has with other cast members as well because um, they he was always the the commander, and you know Captain Card was above him, and and whatever. And now he suddenly jumped up this rung on the ladder, and he's gone from being subordinate to equal to superior. And you, no matter how good a friend you are with people, you have to renegotiate your relationships when it comes to those changes in your professional situation. So there's so much scope for having conflicts and resolutions and and you know heated debates and him having to pull rank because he feels that his is the right way and and it's just I can see so much potential for for storylines so I really hope like you said that they don't just do reset button and bump him back to captain on the titan <laughs> no I agree and and I think here all credit has to go to Margaret Clark 
and the writers of the full series, but especially James Swallow for writing the story, The Poison Chalice, where Riker is promoted to Admiral because it's a fantastic story and the way it's done is brilliant. And what James brings to the character of Riker is, is just incredible. It's it's fantastic. Now, our last award, Roz, is for the best Trek story we've read this year. And this obviously is any publication date because we have been looking at books that weren't published this year. Yeah, so this one was easier in some ways because I, we've read so many books this year, but, but difficult because so many of them were just utterly fantastic. So it was really difficult to pick between them. And... Reluctantly, I made the choice and picked just one, which was toe curlingly hard. But um, the oh, the book that I went for is, in fact, the book that I won at DSTL and was kind enough to have signed by Una herself. It is the Crimson Shadow, because I just loved this book. I really enjoyed that it was written. It was just so different than some of the other books that, that I'd read this year. It, it's written almost in a kind of crime drama type of a way. You get fantastic um, development of Garrick. Um, you get a bit of Picard and the Enterprise crew in there. You get a bunch of new characters that we've never heard of before. There's intrigue, there's mystery, there's whodunit, there's um, politics, there's learning more about the Cardassian people and the fallout of the Dominion War and then Borg invasion and it's there was nothing about this book that I didn't like it was just great <laughs> so I'm really really glad to pick that as the best story that I have read this year now as we mentioned I've read a few more books than you this year and uh, I don't know how I've managed to do it but my last count and I'm looking at my list now and I've just realized I've missed one out so I've read about 26, 27 Star Trek books this year, which is just incredible. Good that's, lordy. <laughs> that's that's a lot of Trek this year. That really, really is. I think that's the most Trek books I've read in one year. Just, inc uh, just incredible. That's just a lot of books, regardless of whether they're Trek or not. That's a yeah. lot of books I've read yeah. in one year. Oh, dear. And, of course, we should mention that I've also read that These Are the Voyages by Mark Cushman, which is a 700-page book looking at episode by episode of the second season of TOS. And yeah. that was an amazing book to read. But back on track, because we all know like I like to wander. My favourite book of this year is The Never-Ending Sacrifice by Una McCormack. <laughs> <laughs> so not the same book, but the same author. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have to say, it was... Up until I, I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now, and I've only just recently finished The Never Ending Sacrifice. And I've read some amazing books this year um, Way to Worlds by Greg Cox, um, In the Name of Honor by Dayton Ward, which I think was his first full length novel. That was great fun. That was a really good book. And The Buried Age that was our first show together, Roz, yeah. that was just an incredible story. And I remember for weeks afterwards i couldn't stop talking about that book because it just had so much crammed into it and it, it just really really worked but after reading never ending sacrifice it's most probably one of the finest star trek novels i have ever read in the 30 odd years i've been a star trek fan it is just absolutely incredible again it's all about cardassia it's it's about a boy that we saw in a deep space nine episode and going back to cardassia and you see him live through some really big events, um, the fall of the Obsidian Order and the High Command, the invasion, or should I say at first, the allies becoming allies of the Dominion, then going to war, and then finally the rebellion, and then the shocking treatment that the Dominion take on the Cardassians um, mm -hmm. at the end of DS9. And post-war, and it's just such an incredible book and it's written with passion. It's written with such a, a acute understanding of what it's like. And it's you almost believe that there really are Cardassians out there. It, it's just such an impressive book. And I recommend, I don't think you've read this, have you, Roz? 
I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And again, it's on the same lines as the Crimson Shadow. It's just so insightful into Cardassia and its people. So again, Una McCormack, again, everybody knows how much I love Una McCormack's work. And again, this just reinforces how brilliant she is. Yeah, I think it's it's partly her style of writing. In my head, when I think of some of the other authors like um, Dayton and David Mack and the the sort of some of the bigger story lines like Destiny and whatever, they're they're very kind of big picture overarching plots, and the characters the characters are there to move along the story which is kind of bigger than them, where I always feel that when I read one of Una's books, that it's much more about the minute details and that the characters are the story. It's all about getting into their heads and finding out what they're thinking and how they tick and how they, all the interplay between the characters. So it's a totally different style and just sometimes... Sometimes you want the big overarching plots with the space battles and the explosions and the 60 billion people dying. But sometimes what you want is to just take one character and just tease them out. Oh, just little bit by little bit and little bit and find all these intriguing little facts about them. So, yeah, I think that Una does that particularly well. No, I agree. And, and that's the perfect way of, of explaining that because I, I agree with that. And... You know, all the authors are fantastic, and they've all they've all shown us this year different types of Star Trek stories. Because if we look at Jeff Lang's story, The Light Fantastic, that's what it's like to be a parent. You know, we see Data being a parent, and that's a very different Star Trek story to what we're used to. And um, so everyone's, you know, brought a different aspect of Star Trek to their work this year. But Una's really stood out for me, I, I have to say. And, and I've read a couple of others of her books this year, Brinksmanship and a couple of others, and, and they're just fantastic. So, again, it's really spooky that that's four things we've agreed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've obviously been doing this too long. We should just pack up shop and go. Yeah. <laughs> get, get someone else to come and do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, But I just can't believe what, what a wonderful year it's been for... Um, not only us, Roz, in terms of presenting the captain's table and speaking to the authors, reviewing the books, but just for Star Trek in general, we, in books, it, it's it's been fantastic year. It has, and long may it continue, because I think that so many great authors are now at the helm of these different series, be that Next Generation or DS9 or Titan or Voyager. And I think that they're really in a place now where they can take it forward and they've reached that high quality of writing um, and that, that that just needs to continue on now because they've, they've set the bar way way up there so um hopefully 2015 2016 things will just continue to get better no i i agree and and as i keep saying and and i promise listeners next year i'll I'll change i'll change the record but it's such (laughs) it's such a golden year for star trek it really is it's a golden era for star trek in books it i've never read so many fantastic star trek stories it really has been a good year i think as more and it's kind of chicken in the, in the egg, but I think as more of these great stories have come out, people have started to take the novel universe more seriously. But also because people are taking the universe more seriously, there's been more investment in really writing quality stories um, and producing these fantastic novels and novellas. So um, hopefully the, the enthusiasm for the books will continue to grow and Simon and & Schuster and Pocket Books will continue to put out an increasing number of really, really high-quality stories. No, definitely. And and already they've got lots of things planned for next year. And, and I know already they're, they're looking at 2016 and, and what they're going to be bringing for the anniversary. So great times ahead. Yeah. And a great times for us next year, Roz. We've got a few interviews planned. We've got a couple of books to review early on. So... Yeah, a busy year already, and we haven't yeah, started. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I just have to hit the ground running and uh, and get on with it because there's so much to pack in to 2015. 
Definitely. And, and, and for the listeners, we, we want your feedback and, and we want to thank you for indulging us on this show by listening and, and letting us look back at the previous year and, and celebrating our successes and, and um, getting to speak to these wonderful people and, and reviewing this. And, and for me personally, speaking to Roz and having some great conversations and getting to know Roz and working together. So it's it's just been fabulous and as i say for next year we, we've got so many ideas and and we're really looking to raise the bar on the captain's table yeah definitely i mean we just it's onward and upward for the captain's table hopefully we we really hope that you have enjoyed listening to the shows in 2014 and we certainly hope that you will enjoy the shows that we have planned for 2015 um and we would love your feedback as michael said we can only do as much as we can do we rely very heavily on listening to the shows and getting feedback from the listeners so that we can tweak the things that aren't working or trying to make them more interesting for you guys and try and cover topics that you're particularly interested in so if you have listened to the show if you've enjoyed the shows if you haven't enjoyed some of the shows please do get in touch because we would love to hear your thoughts yeah it's it's it we do these shows because we love star trek we love to talk about trek but also because we want to get the word out there about the books and and how wonderful they are and with your support and your feedback we can only grow and get better so ros how can people get in touch with us at the captain's table if you'd like to get in touch with the show and we'd love to hear from you, you can find us at visionarytrek.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash visionarytrek and on Twitter at visionarytrek. You can contact me directly via email at roz, R-O-Z, at visionarytrek.com or you can find me on Twitter at roslyns, that's R-O-S-L-Y-N-S. And you can find me on Twitter at mclark1701, or if you want to contact me directly, you can email me at mike at visionarytrek.com. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Captain's Table, our final end of year wrap up and review. We really hope that you've enjoyed it and we hope that you have had a wonderful Christmas and that you'll have a great new year. Happy New Year and we'll see you in 2015. And as always... Don't forget to turn the page for our next adventure. You've been listening to The Captain's Table 